0: It's never testing, all right, see what's going on right now in, in real time or after a game or, you know, on your bullpen day or whatever. Um, so I think a lot of people in the Padres organization were very curious about it and uh, kind of intrigued because they saw like an old dude being able to, <laughs> to pitch and, and stay healthy the whole season.
1: this is the more than a velocity podcast. Uh, as always, we got Ryan Croton and myself, Jordan Oseguero, Bart's out with some sick kids today, but we have a special guest on today with Joe Bimel. Uh, I'm not even going to make the attempt to introduce him because his career was just a little better than mine. Um, as everyone knows, I, I around in Mexico for plenty of years, uh, but I'll go ahead and let Joe introduce himself and, uh, kind of let you know what an actual baseball career looks like. Uh, so Joe, I'll turn it over to you.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, As you said, my name's Joe Bimel. Uh, I played 13 years in the big leagues. Um, I'm used to saying 20 years professionally, but I guess now last year I played, so that's 21. Um, I got drafted in 96 by the Texas Rangers, didn't sign with them, went back to school, got drafted in 98 by the Pirates, signed with them, went through the minor leagues, made my big league debut um, in 2001 with the Pirates. And then as, you know, most left-handed relievers go, I was, every year was a different team. So I, you know, I got released by the Pirates in 2004 and then just kind of went with a bunch of different teams. I was with the, the Rays, well, they were the Devil Rays back then. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> I was with the Twins. I was with the Dodgers, Nationals, Rockies, Mariners, um, some stops in the minor leagues with the Royals. Uh, Braves, probably a few others in there, but um, uh, ended up coming back this past year after being retired for, I guess it was four years. Yeah. So came back at 44 years old and played in double A and triple A with the Padres this past season.
1: Yeah. And I obviously want to get into that a little bit more, but before we do, in between those four years, you've been running. Uh, your own facility. Do you mind talking about that a little bit?
0: Uh, Yeah. After I retired the first time in 2017, uh, I played a few months in indie ball uh, in the Atlantic league. And I was just like, all right, this, I don't like this. This (laughs) this isn't for me. I'm just going to take it to the house. Um, And I was talking to a buddy of mine who would catch me in the off seasons. His name's Brent Dean. And uh, he played at UCLA played with the Brewers organization for a few years and then he played indie ball as well for a few years. And, you know, we had always talked about possibly doing something when we were both retired with training guys and, uh, and getting into that space. And, you know, I got done and I just, I kind of sat on my couch for about three months I was like, well, I, I can't do this the rest of my life. I've got to figure out something to do to keep me busy. One, my wife's going to kill me if I'm just sitting here all day and, and two, I'm gonna go nuts. So uh we ended up uh, talking about it and we were gonna run a couple camps and clinics and stuff. And then an opportunity came up where uh there was a gym that was in a facility. They were leaving to go somewhere else, and that space had opened up. So we were like, well, let's let's go for it, let's give it a shot right now. And uh we started BIMO Lead Athletics. Um We really got started right at the beginning of 2018 and, you know, we, we wanted to kind of use our pro experience, use our baseball experience to help kids. You know, I had, I had played for so long and I was always a guy who was always looking for different methods, different strength programs, different body alignment, recovery stuff, and was able to play till I was 40. And I figured you know, if I can help kids in high school or college or pro uh, figure these things out earlier, they're going to have, you know, a bigger advantage in their careers, whether, you know, they just want to make the varsity team uh, in high school or, you know, they want to go on to play pro ball or win a Cy Young or, you know, whatever their goals were, we wanted to help them with that. So we got that started and, um, you know, we opened, we opened in LA, the first one, had an opportunity uh, a couple years later to open one in El Paso, Texas. So we did that. So now
2: we've got, we've got two running at this time. Yeah. And I'll uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. I got a quick question. Cause you know, Joe brings so much to the table. One of the things I'm curious about in your experience is like, how has, how has baseball training preparation for pitchers and also sports science evolved for you? Like, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, you've had such a long career, you've seen so many changes, and now you know, you've had a little bit of time off. And you come back into professional baseball. And I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, what you've seen in the evolution of the game.
0: Well, I mean, just on the strength training side alone, it's become way, way better. I mean, I I have always felt baseball has been a little bit behind with other sports as far as that goes, as far as strength, strength training, nutrition, all of those things, but Um, you know, when I first came up, I, I was with the pirates and I, I moved to Pittsburgh so I could train at the stadium in the off season. And I only, I grew up like two hours from there. So it wasn't like a big move or anything. And I was always a pirate fan, but, um, I remember being in the weight room and, you know, I'm doing like bicep curls or something with like 40 pound weights and the strength coach would come over and he'd be staring at me and like, wouldn't (laughs) really say anything, but then he's like, Hey, Hey, what are you? That's too heavy. Don't you think that's too heavy? And there was always this stigma in baseball where baseball players don't lift weights, you know, they they lift and they get strong, but you know, you shouldn't get too big to be a baseball player or a pitcher. And, you know, obviously there's there's a lot more to that. Um you, uh, you can get too big, I think, but uh, and if you're losing mobility and and a bunch of different depending on who you are, but we can get into that later. Uh but then just seeing the way everything has progressed since then. Um, One, you know, I went where there was, when I first came up, there was watchamacallits and Kit Kats and everything in the clubhouse, hot dogs, chili dogs, uh, you know, and no one really cared what you ate or uh, anything on the nutrition side. And then I was also playing at a time when, Organizations started getting rid of that stuff, or you know, you'd go on the road and they wouldn't have all of that stuff. And so some of the older guys would be like pissed about it, like, Oh my God, we're supposed to eat like rabbits and all this <laughs> stuff. And you know, I can't even eat a burger in the clubhouse anymore. Uh, so it was that transition period where organizations actually started going, Hey, like this is a big part of performing is the nutrition side. So um it was kind of a crazy a crazy time to be playing and I was fortunate enough to play for a long time that I got to play through all that stuff and it was a lot of stuff that I was already doing because uh, when I first started playing I said hey I want to play as long as I can and when I first got drafted I was like I want to play till I'm at least 40 and then as I started getting closer to 40 I was like now nah, go ahead and I'll play until I'm 50 <laughs> nice. so I was always I was always looking for you know, like I said earlier, those, those different things that nobody else was doing that could give me like an advantage or an edge, whether that was a strength program, whether that was, um, nutrition or some kind of different recovery method. Um, you know, I was always kind of searching those things out mm-hmm. and that's yeah. how I, you know, that's why I wanted to try the arm care stuff, uh, when it came out just to see what it was all about and, and it's, it's done very well for me
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And obviously for the guys that don't know, Joe is one of the really early adopters of the arm care platform. Um, so he's kind of seen the evolution of the system itself. He was kind of one of those guys who was testing it out. Um, and, and you run it with your guys uh, at, at the BIML elite, if you don't mind kind of touching base, kind of, you know, those initial thoughts, how you use it with your guys and just go over that platform for not just yourself. We'll get, I obviously want to talk about how you use it, but how you use it with your facility. Cause I think it's a very unique situation that guys don't realize if they go to your facility, they're going to get treated. Well, they're going to get treated not just as another number that comes in the door. You're taking care of the arm. You're talking to them about these things. So if you don't mind going over that, cause I think it sets you guys apart from a lot of the other places that are out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, first of all, like when I started doing it, there were a lot of things I didn't know. Um, I just assumed like your external rotation strength was always going to be uh, less than your internal, you know, everybody arm wrestles. So you always go like this, you never <laughs> arm wrestle like this. Uh, so I just mm-hmm. thought that was normal, you know, when I would like push against the wall or you know, we did all this stuff in spring training, um, with, you know, a couple places would use dynamometers, a couple organizations, but then you would never see those numbers ever again, only in spring training. And then, mm-hmm. you know, nothing happens. So Uh, but I just assume that's the way it was supposed to be. And then finding out that that's not the case and, you know, your external rotation strength should at least be as strong as your internal. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's really interesting. And then once I got that, I got my external strength up, you know, my velocity like started to tick up a little bit and my arm felt great every day. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, I wish I would have known this a few years ago, but (laughs) Um, you know, it's been a great tool for guys, um, that we train because you have guys that come in and they're either really weak or, you know, they're not many of them are strong. So we can just throw that one out. You, we usually <laughs> don't have guys that come in and they're, you do a test and like, Oh, wow, that's really good. It's usually the opposite because it's all stuff they haven't done. And, you know, a guy might have arm problems or a history of arm problems, we're able to really, I mean, I'd say probably 80% of the time, and it's not with everybody, but usually it's the same where their internal is stronger than their external. And we do have some pro guys that'll come in and their external is way above like their internal and stuff like that. But, um, it's just nice to have where guys like, oh man, my shoulder has been bothering me for years and you kind of give them the test and you're like, well, there you go. That's, that's probably the issue is one, you're just really weak. And we have, we have the guys that are high V low, low strength. Um, and they're, they're always sore or always hurt. Something's always bothering them. And, you know, the low strength, low V low guys, they don't really know because they don't throw very hard. So, you know, their arm really doesn't hurt. Um, but it's been nice to be able to pinpoint, you know, Hey, if you do this and then see, the progression and see the strength go up. Um, and even a case that we just had, uh, this past week. And what I love about the coaches app, um, is I'm, I'm not always in one place or the other. I'm kind of going back and forth between LA and Texas most of the time in Texas, but we had a kid who just, he was actually in a car wreck a few months ago and he hadn't been coming in to train, um, and I didn't know how long he hadn't been in. Cause I haven't been in LA in, in a little bit, but uh, I was looking on the coaches app and like every single strength thing, he had a little green dot by mm-hmm. that was medical. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this was a kid who was pretty strong. And now he's like super weak, but I didn't know he hadn't been in, in a while. So I messaged all the trainers here in LA. and like, Hey, we got to take a look at, uh, at this athlete and, and, you know, find out what's going on. And then once I got here, found out, well, he hadn't trained in a long time and he was in a car wreck and had like concussion issues and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, well, that makes a little more sense, but just the fact that I can like look on there and see guys that, you know, I don't see every day and still be able to program their, their throwing accordingly, their strength program accordingly. It just, it's super convenient.
1: Mm -hmm. And and that's what I mean by that advantage with your group using the system is not just a way to help a player improve, but as a way it's a channel of communication. Like you're not even in the same state and you're able to communicate about a player that you have a concern over. So it's still putting that player's needs as the priority, which is that's the designation of the system is it's not just for development. It's also communication to make sure everybody's on the same page. So that's why I'm excited about having you on here because you're using it not just as a coach and kind of a, you know, a director or from an administrative role, but you're using it for yourself as a player who arguably may have had one of the best seasons of his career when you go back and look at the numbers. So if you don't mind kind of switching over to how you use it for you now as a player.
0: Well, I'm uh, the best, you know, like I said, when I first started using it, it was, I was just kind of shocked and, (laughs) you know, I, I, do a lot of things, right. So I do a lot of recovery stuff. I changed a lot of recovery things for myself. Um, so I was moving better. I was feeling better overall, but then this was kind of like the final piece of the puzzle was getting that, um, getting that arm strength, getting it, um, getting the ratio, correct, improving my scaption strength, all of that stuff. Um, and you know, I remember I, I had not thrown for like months, and I just finished like a 16 week, week, like strength program, uh, that I was doing. And we were running a, um, we were running like a fall live and bat league with like the hit tracks and pitchers and hitters and stuff like that. And there was like one day where I think we had like three or four pitchers. So I was like, oh, I'll just get on and like throw some balls, throw strikes and let you guys like hit it i'll let you know fastballs coming you guys can just you know try and hit it i guess Uh, so i started throwing i was like 84 85 nice and easy and then it was getting up to 86 87 88 and i was like this is ridiculous like i haven't thrown in like three or four months like not even i think i did plyo throws like maybe once or twice um, and I would not suggest that to anyone to, you know, <laughs> but I was like retired and I'm like, ah, who cares? Yeah, we'll go ahead and do this. Uh, and I ended up getting up to 90 that day. And I was like, man, that's kind of crazy. Like I'm throwing 90 right now. Like I would top out at 90 in games when I was playing. Uh, so then the next week I was like, well, let's do it again. So then I started throwing during the week. Um, and then probably maybe that week or, soon after that was when I started with the arm care, uh, program. And I had talked to Dugan years ago about it. He, he told me about the idea and all this stuff. And then he contacted me and said, Hey, like, would you try this out? I know we talked about this like two years ago, but, um, I want to see what your thoughts are on it. So, you know, I started doing it and the next week I threw again and I was, you know, like up to low nineties again, Um and then gradually as I started like arms started getting stronger, you know, my external rotation strength started going up. Uh velocity just started like coming really quickly. I was up to like 93 the one the one week, and then the next week I I remember I hit like 94.8 on the stalker, it was like 94.6 on the Rap Soto, and I'm like what is going on right now? Like, this isn't supposed to happen for 44 year olds. Um, so I kept throwing and, you know, was up into the 95s. And I kind of looked at my business partner. And I'm like, geez, I got to, I have to throw, I have to play this year, don't I? Or at least give me <laughs> a shot. He's like, yeah, like, I don't know what's going on either. Like, this is crazy. So uh, just getting, for me, getting that original, like, Bump and velo from just being one healthy, which I didn't have an issue with, but just not. You know, I would throw throw off the mound, or I'd throw do pull downs or something like that, and then I wouldn't be able to throw for like a week. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like throwing, you know, throwing live at bats at a hundred percent, and um, I'm ready to go again on you know the three or four days later. Um, throw a bullpen like two days later, and then and then let it eat again on the weekends. Uh, and my arm just didn't hurt, uh, didn't bother me at all. It felt good all the time. So I was like, this is freaking crazy. Um, and then once I did sign just having, having those numbers, like during the season was such, uh, was such a good thing for me where, you know, like I said earlier in spring training, we would test a bunch of stuff and then you never see it again unless, you get hurt or something, then they'll be like, Oh, let's measure your internal and external rotation uh, range of motion. And then like, Oh, you lost like 20 degrees of internal rotation. It's like, okay, what? And like, oh, I'll just do some sleeper stretches or something like that. <laughs> that that's like you your know? check
1: engine light coming on after your engines yeah. on fire. It's like, it's a little late right now. So <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So being able to test those during the season was was phenomenal uh you know and there were some outings where i pitched like where my my strength would be down uh, i noticed during the season i did lose a little more internal rotation strength my external stayed stayed good and i didn't have any problems but it was like okay i'm losing some internal rotation strength from from the season so i need to like start start doing that and obviously as you know it's it's hard during the season to Especially as a reliever, to judge what you're going to do because you don't, you never want to go into a game where you're on the mound and you're like, oh my god, I'm so sore right now from working out. You know, those are like the bad days where you're just like, oh, I should not have done that extra set of Bulgarian split squats or something. <laughs> um, so, you know, you want to make sure you're smart with it. But I knew it was something I had to do. Like if if I was gonna keep going injury free. And, uh, you know, I, I literally the whole season, like I was never sore. I never had to ask for an extra day off. Um, I, I made it a point to never go into the training room. I know that's like a super old school thing to say and do, but for me, like when I came up, if you were in the training room, you were you were soft or, you know, you, mm-hmm. you better be hurt. If you're in the training room, you don't, don't just go in to get like a little stretch or massage or something like that. Um, but I made sure because, you know, at 44 years old, uh, I was fortunate enough that the Padres took a chance and signed me, but also, you know, when you're that, when you're that age, they're going to be looking for, Oh, Hey, he's in the training room every single day, or, you know, he's hurt. Uh, so I I didn't want that to happen so I just like I made sure I did my arm care every day did what was like on the app for me and kept me kept me healthy the whole season so that was and like I said when you're when you have those numbers and you can see that after an outing or before an outing uh, it's just it's just such an advantage
2: I got a question for you actually Joe because you know, now you're kind of, you've been around younger athletes and I'm sure they've been watching what you're doing. I mean, do you see a lot of athletes in the game doing very generalized programs? I know in professional baseball, some organizations, they have their arm care program that everybody does. Um, but I think the greater community of baseball players out there, they're, they're kind of working in this one size fits all, potentially causing imbalances. This is a thought that I had, you know, as a scientist, why are we getting so many arm injuries in baseball? And I think that the programs, like you're talking about customizing all of these things based on your training, that I think we may be training our athletes into injuries. That's a big worry for me. So I'm curious what you saw, you know, along your career in that way. Yeah. I mean, At the big league
0: level, it's a little different because you're not going to get, especially if you're a veteran guy, strength coach isn't really, if you have something that works for you, strength coach or trainers, they're not going to really say anything. They're going to kind of just leave you alone and do your thing. And, um, I was always fine with that because I always had the stuff that I did, but a lot of guys depended on, you know, the trainers or, or uh, strength coaches to, to help them with their arm care, do their manuals or stretch them or whatever, whatever they did. Um, I was never really into like the manual thing. Uh, I didn't like being stretched either. So, <laughs> you know, crank your arm into external <laughs> rotation. And then, uh, you know, that the, there, there was a time when that stuff was going on as well. So, um, but I noticed this year, um, a lot of guys do, you know, they would do like rebounders after they pitch with like the trampoline and stuff like that. And that was an, I've done those before. And um, I think for me, just because I I had Tommy John at 35 years old and I have a lot of innings in my, in my elbow. So I think there's, you know, a little shrapnel in there, but uh, that consistent, like jarring of like the rebounders wasn't good for me. I would lose like extension in my elbow Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would just cause like chronic inflammation when I do those. So I, I don't do those. And we do have uh, some guys in our, in our gym that'll do them um, kind of the younger guys that we just kind of run through like a, basically a one size fits all uh, thing until they're, we feel like they're one ready to be responsible enough to do the arm care. Cause it, it isn't easy. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. Let's, let's be honest. It's it's pretty tough when you're, you know, you do your warm up, you do your recovery, and then you've got to, you know, whatever. Sometimes there's four or five things on there blocks that you have to do, and then go into your workout after that. So guys, get like, oh man, I got four freaking blocks today. Yeah, you know, so they've th- got you got to make sure they're they're doing. This it.
1: is something for the person who really wants to take that development serious because yeah, there could be days it's an extra 30, 40 minutes of training. It's not just, Absolutely. Hey, go run through these two or three pre-programmed exercises. It's specific to what you did throwing and it's specific to what your imbalances are as well. So, you know, I, and again, I'm, I'm going to say it again for the guys in LA and Texas, do you guys do remote work as well? Remote training? Yeah. Yes. If you're looking do. for a place that's actually going to be dialing it in for you. You just heard Joe kind of allude to it when they're ready to take that step and get serious it's a pretty good place to get going on that. They're going to use not just the arm care system, but everything they can for their resources available to really make it custom for you. Sorry to interject there.
0: (laughs) Oh no, not at all. Not at all. But you know, one thing I did notice uh, this past season is because I was doing this program, it opened like a lot of guys' eyes. They're just like, Oh, what are you doing? You know, I roll out my, my range of motion chart before the, Yeah, thankfully uh, you don't have to carry that around anymore. So for anybody who has a range of motion just use it
1: as kindling for the time being, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I roll that out, find a door to hang it on, uh, and everybody's just kind of like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, this freaking old dude in here, he's got like charts and he's laying laying with his armpit in the corner, like just freaking grunting and pushing this thing into the wall. But uh, I think as they saw you know, how my season progressed, I was able to stay healthy. A lot of guys were very curious. And then uh, a lot of all the strength coaches that I, that I had this year um, were also very curious because they said the same thing. You know, we, we don't test this ever during the season. Uh, We test in spring training and then, you know, if a guy has an issue, we might retest it, but it's never testing. All right see what's going on right now in, in real time or after a game or, you know, on your bullpen day or whatever. Um, so I think a lot of people in the Padres organization were very curious about it and uh, kind of intrigued because they saw like an old dude being able to, <laughs> to pitch and, and stay healthy the whole season.
2: I think, you know, you're, you're kind of hitting on the head, you know, studying the field of sports science is always an observation problem. You know, th- this is why, you know, another reason why injuries happen is that we're not observing the athletes enough. I know in the professional world, you know, some, some teams add a third evaluation. So essentially they'll do one at the beginning of the season, they'll do a mid-year evaluation of strength, and then they'll do an end of the year evaluation of strength, which is almost kind of too late. And, um, you know, kind of getting our minds around of how often can we do this? You know, and it seems like for you as a pro athlete, how, how intrusive is it to do this often? You know, a lot of players, they, they don't want to get irritated or compliant, but I, I feel like a lot of the testing that we do, at least what we did in professional baseball, it was a lot more cumbersome than the athlete owning the process, having their own equipment, doing it on their own. So, you yeah. know, for you as an athlete, like, did you find that it was inconvenient for you at times or? No,
0: not at all. Super convenient. The only, the only inconvenient part was finding like a door that was the right size <laughs> to be able to put the thing up, you know, sometimes yeah, I'd have to gone. Like, find a janitor's.
2: Yeah, yeah. gone.
0: I'd have to find like a janitor's closet or something <laughs> to hang on. But, um, you know, and in, in, in the minor leagues, it's a lot different because, uh, once in a while, it was hard to find a place to hook the bands up. You know, like you just don't realize there are no chain link fences in mm-hmm. in the minor leagues. So there were a couple times where I'd be, you know, I'd do it before the game. I do my warm up, um, and I'd be out like outside of the clubhouse in front of like the gate where everybody's coming in. And I'm like sitting there doing my. Doing my warm up and people are just like, "What the heck's going on?" But you know, there's you, you can always find a place to do it. That's the was the funny yeah. thing. Like if you're dedicated to it, there's there's always uh, places to do it. And then uh, I had like the little things that wrap around like a rack. To um, uh,
1: have you seen the home. the minor league grinder Instagram thing? No. So you should check it out, minor league grinder. But I, I told the guy, like, you should send this into minor league grinder. I had a guy use the arm care thing. who had his door belts wrapped around one of the stalls in the bathroom, and he sent me a video of him <laughs> doing his arm care stuff of him sitting in a bathroom. But, yeah, anyone who hasn't seen minor league grinders on Instagram, that will give you a, a, a small glimpse of what he's talking about. It's not always the yeah. same as what you imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah, you think you'd have, like, a weight room or something where you can get a bunch of stuff in and just on the minor league side that just doesn't exist, especially on the road, you know, at home, we had like a pretty decent weight room, but uh, you know, on the road, it was just not good, yeah. <laughs> not good for really anything, but it was, it was so, I had such a fun year. Um, but yeah, you know, it definitely was not inconvenient because you don't have to depend on anybody. And I'm, that's the kind of person I am. Like yeah, I hate, I always hated like, Uh, depending on someone to catch me or play catch or do that I I just like to do stuff on my time I I hate going to the to the weight room and like waiting you know a commercial gym and waiting for like a rack or you know whatever you're doing so uh, throughout my career I started just like buying my own stuff and everything I needed I put like in my garage and I work out in the garage and I had I ended up having so much stuff that when we started our gym, I just took all of my stuff to the gym, uh, to get us started with like weights and stuff like that, because I had basically everything that we needed. Um, but I like, I like the fact that you're responsible for testing yourself and doing all this stuff. And, you know, you don't have to say, get a trainer and be like, Hey, like, let's hook up this big freaking machine to me so I can figure out, you know, what my strength is after I throw uh, and you just, you know, slap the thing on your wrist, you know, lay in the corner of a door and, and get it done. And it's, it's quick, but it's like super one, it's super efficient and it's super effective.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, we, we want this to give the players power over their health and performance to understand what it is they're doing. And you're obviously using it that way. Um, and that, that's one of the things is, you know, you've played for a lot of different organizations, you've created good relationships with coaches strength staff, trainers, whoever it may be. But when you get traded or if you get released and signed with a new team, that coach isn't going to be helping you anymore. So there yeah. is a lot of that personal responsibility that the player needs to take. Um, if you don't, if you don't mind going into that a little bit as well, I know it's kind of off topic a little, but just that it's good to have that coach that's going to help you, but we can't be fully reliant on the coach in a team atmosphere. Um, and that's why there is so many pro players that have that facility they train at or have that, you know, quote unquote guru that they like to go to because they do get traded. They do get moved around or you move up a level and you're no longer with the rookie ball coach. So, you know, if you don't mind uh, talking about navigating some of those relationships with your experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a huge part is one just taking responsibility for your career. Uh, I've I see a lot, a lot of guys and it's usually guys that either don't do well or they flame out and they blame like, oh, I didn't get. Enough attention, or I didn't get you know I didn't get this or that. I've just never understood that because I've always been the guy that like we talked about earlier, where I'm always looking for something, and I took it upon myself. And I can honestly say, like I've had coaches over the years that have helped me with one particular thing, whether it's a pitch or it's something mechanically or something like that. I've definitely had those coaches uh, that have helped me, but I've never like sat there and relied on a coach to like you know, better my career. That's, that's my job. So, uh, and we take that approach with, with our facilities as well. Like uh, I always tell guys, it's not a magic pill where you come train with us and you're going to automatically be a better pitcher. You're going to throw harder. You're going to be healthier. You have to take that, you know, you have to take that step yourself and you've got to put in the work you've got to do. We can give you a program and we can do all this stuff. and We can monitor it and change things up for you. But at the end of the day, you're going to improve and you're going to be better by looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, Hey, this, this is what I need to do. Um, And some of the things uh, that, that have helped me as far as mechanically is me just literally standing in front of a radar gun with a baseball and just thrown into a net and experimenting with things, experimenting Uh, you know, maybe my front side, my glove side, my arm action, my lower half, like I'll just sit there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and just continually throw into, to a net. And it doesn't have to be a hundred, hundred percent. It's, you know, maybe 50, 60%. And then all of a sudden, you know, you'll see the velo like jump up a little bit, um, maybe two or three miles an hour at the same intensity that you usually throw at. And I'd be like, oh, wow, that maybe I'm onto something. And throw a couple more and then go back to what I was doing before. And then, you know, keep going back and forth and seeing if if there's a correlation there. Uh, and that was one of the things also I did when I was retired because I wanted to help our guys figure things out. But also, um, you know, I it was fun for me. <laughs> and, when, and when you're, when you're playing during a season, you don't really have that luxury in the off season to start like experimenting. Uh, you know, if you're, Hurt, or you're throwing really slow all of a sudden, then you might like try to tweak a few things. But you know, when you have that pressure to get ready for the season, you don't want to completely blow up your mechanics if you've been having success, and then try all this different stuff because you know by the time spring training rolls around, you might be completely screwed and like you know you you're not the same pitcher you were because you messed around and did too many things now and now you're terrible. Uh so so not having that to get ready for the season was also a thing that helped me to be able to come back and play this year because I was able to do those things. I was able to experiment with different mechanical things. Um but you know, just uh just being able to use this as well in that scenario and being like I said before, like just the testing, retesting. I'm always huge on that stuff. I'm always, you know. I don't like guessing. I like having the numbers right there. So when you have that and you can see like, Oh man, I feel pretty good today. I don't feel that good today, but you're able to like test and see like, Oh, that's, that's actually way better than I thought. Mm -hmm. Or man, that's terrible. My, my strength is way down today. Uh, Which I've noticed the more consistent you are, those, those things don't happen. You kind of just stay, stay in there. And, I've, I've been in a good spot right now. I'm kind of happy with where my strength is on that side and, and all of that. You said,
1: you said something really awesome where you said testing and retesting and it brought to mind. And I think this will probably be my last observation on the day. I don't know, Ryan, you probably have a couple more to go with, but you know, everyone says baseball's a marathon. Oh, it's a marathon, but in reality, and again, I'm going to butcher this because I don't watch NASCAR, but it's a NASCAR race. It might be 500 laps but you need to stop in. You need to, you need to get your tires rotated. You need to get the oil. You need to get refueled. You need to do all these things. And the only way you can do that is by testing and retesting pretty frequently. There's going to be, not every Wednesday is the same. Not every day after the off day is reliever is the same. And again, I never played to the same extent that you did, but I was a reliever in pro ball as well. I did a little bit of starting and man, being a reliever is not an easy job description because you pitch on Monday, you pitch on Tuesday, Wednesday is a travel day. You know, you drive out to middle of nowhere, San Angelo, whatever it's called and uh, wherever uh, Rio Grande Valley out in the middle of nowhere, Texas, wake up, go play a double header, and then drive back somewhere else. Like, I just, I'm not feeling good. But if you're able to test and retest, you can look at it and go, okay, I, I actually need to rotate the tires today. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to lessen my workload and my pregame throwing and adjust that way. I'm going to be fresh for the game. And, you know, that that's what the baseball season is—is is it's high intensity, hard sprints over the course of you know two hundred ish days when you factor in spring training yeah. and everything that goes with it. Um, so if you don't mind, I know you've alluded to it a little bit. If you don't mind going over how you use this on on a general throw day to kind of dictate what you were going to do.
0: Yeah, um, a lot of it, it, you know, starters just have it so easy; they get. <laughs> They get to plan their whole week. You know, they know what, when they're going to pitch. They know when they're going to throw a bullpen. So it's easier, and not to say starting is easy. I'm a failed starter, so I know it's not that easy. <laughs> Planning uh,
1: is easier. Planning is easier.
0: Exactly, it's easier to perform when you're able to, you know, schedule everything out yeah. and, and play. Going through the lineup three or four times—that's that's hard. Uh, I've never been good at that. But um, you know, as a reliever a lot of it, you do have to go by feel because, you know, your body will let you know if uh, you should go out and throw a long toss or not. Um, You know, and there are those days where that's where for myself, it gets hard because you want to work out and you don't want to lose strength during the course of the season. But at the same time, your job is to perform on the field, not to perform in the weight room. So you've got to, you know, you've got to be able to back off once in a while, like, I would always be a guy where if I threw like three days in a row or something like that, and I was supposed to do a workout on that fourth day, I'd just be like, Oh, I'm just going to take this whole day off. And then, you know, we'll, we'll push it back a day or push it back two days depending on that. Um, but with, uh, using the dynamometer and using the app, uh, you, I, I would still go by feel a lot of times with my throwing program where, uh, some days I would do plyo throws, uh, before, you know, before the game, but then some days I would just, I would skip the plyo throws and just throw the baseball to get loose. And a lot of times I would dictate that by what, what my arm strength was before, you know, before the game, where if I tested it and my strength was up or in within my normal range, I would, you know, all right, I'll do some plyo throws a day to get loose. Um, and if it wasn't, or if maybe after the game, after I pitched, you know, my strength was down, then the next day I would back off a little bit. I would just go out. And not to say a baseball is, like, the perfect weight, you know, by any means, uh, which I, I think some people forget, like, baseball is pretty light, you know, and that mm-hmm. causes a lot of stress on your arm. So sometimes uh, throwing a heavier ball is is good for a recovery day. Um and, you know, when i back off the plyos, maybe I'd just throw like one of the heavier balls or I wouldn't do all of them, uh, just kind of lessen my throwing on the days that I was, you know, a little weaker or after a game where I was a little weaker, but it's just, it's nice to have that. It's nice to know, you know, like you can go by feel, uh, and I think there's something to that. But when you do have a number that shows you like, Oh, maybe I feel tired today and you're you check your strength and it's good. You know, maybe it's just your overall body's a little tired. You didn't get enough sleep or something. Um, you know, you have those 10 hour bus rides, uh, you know, but when you can just test and check it out and say like, Oh, maybe what I'm feeling isn't the same as what I really am. Then I think that's super helpful.
2: I got, I got another question on that. So Jordan and I were just at the ABCA conference. I don't know if you've ever been to this conference, but it's huge. It was my first time. And we got to this hot stove. It was like a smaller meeting with, uh, and it was all based on strength and conditioning. And when we got to the question, I, I, I gave a question asking, you know, should players see their data? Um, to the panel. And, and on the panel, they had some pretty big names, and a lot of them were in professional baseball. And uh, the immediate response to me was players should never see their data. They said that, that it's disruptive. And, you know, listening to you talk, it's the complete opposite, you know, and it, it didn't make sense for me in professional baseball, where we were showing them their chase percentages, you know, their exit velocities against them. We're giving them a lot of competitive data. We're showing but them the how yeah but, but yeah, but then when we get to you know when it talks about their body, you know, the player's body, and we can't share that data, you know, that that's kind of a tough thing, you know. And I talked to Joe, I mean, Joe, with your your athletes, the ones that are using arm care, I mean, you've you've given such great evidence that you communicate with them. They you you tell them, hey, this is what I'm seeing in your data. This is, you know. Um, where we need to make improvements. You gave that perfect example of the young man who was in a car accident and you're, you're able to have that conversation with them that it just kind of, my mind is, is, was a little bent from that interaction. And I think you are, in my opinion, setting the trend for professional baseball for players to have our device and to be in control of their information, to be accountable. So, I mean, this uh, it's not really a question, but I, I really want to praise you for what you're, you know, you're bringing to the table. And I think more of the athletes, you know, these young athletes that are thinking about this. Hey, we want to give you the data. We want to give you the understanding of where you need to make adjustments. It's It is your career and you need to know about it. It's your body, you know, and we always had the expression, your body is your business, you know, and if your body's yeah. bad, business isn't going to be very good. Yeah. So you got to be up on it.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you know, I I compare it similar to like wearing, you know, if you wear like a whoop band or one of these bands that get your get your dad on sleep and, um, you know, HRV and resting heart rate and all this stuff. Uh, I think with some guys, uh, going back to, you know, what maybe somebody uh in, prof- in professional baseball had said about not, not having, or not wanting to give guys data. I think on the administrative side, there's like, they, I don't know if they think like everybody's like super weak minded that you're going to see a bad score and then that's going to affect, you know, their outing that day or whatever. And there are guys that, that that's going to happen. I remember when I first started wearing like a whoop band and if I was in the red, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't work out today. Like not realizing it's just a base, you know, like that's not going to, there, there've been times I've been in the green and I've been terrible. And there've been, you know, I remember last year uh, I was in the red and I came in and through, and it was the harder side thrown like all, all off season. So realizing that just because you might have a bad number that day, or you might have a bad strength number on the dynamometer that day, that also doesn't determine that that day is just completely shit, you know, (laughs) like you still can get the job done. You still can have a high performance. Now it's when you start to string a bunch of those days together where it's like, okay, now we have a problem. Um, If every single day you're in the red or every single day, you're not getting enough sleep or your, your strength is down every single day and you're not doing anything to help that then that's where it becomes an issue. But I think on that side, it's, they just worry so much about the end result, the performance, you know, a lot of these guys, their jobs are based on how athletes are performing. So if they think, Oh, if we give them this data, they're not going to be very good, or it's going to get in their head, then they're probably going to be against that. But as long as you, the athlete know like, Hey, I'm still going to be able to perform today. I'm still going to be able to go out and get three outs. Uh, Just, you know, my strength might be down and it's just something you got to keep an eye on, but you can't let that like dictate uh, the end result of that day on, on your performance
2: side. No further questions, your honor. That's awesome. (laughs) I I think
1: that might be a good place to to wrap it up. um, Unless you guys have any other follow-ups there or anything like that.
2: Yeah, I'm good. No, I think that yeah, might be a good, good
1: place to wrap it up and shoot. I mean, we want to say thanks to Joe for, for taking time to be on the show. Uh, obviously, he's he's still prepping to play. He's running two facilities. It's not like he just has plenty of time raining from the skies to to make room. So we really appreciate that. And, and hey, why not? If, you've, if you're someone who's ever been 44 and wanted to make a comeback, hit the subscribe button. Like, why not? That's you know, right. get on here, That's listen right. to more of this stuff. So <laughs> yeah. Give us a like, you know leave a comment that he was talking about getting those three outs. Even if you're tired, you're going to run into a hitter like Croton and you're going to get at least one out. So (laughs) we want to say thanks for listening and uh, thanks to Joe for being on.
0: Well, I thank you guys too. And uh, I also thank you. I I didn't have to go into work today until I'm (laughs) going to go in now after this. So it gave me a couple hours to uh, just hang out and enjoy the day. But uh, yeah, I, I get a lot of, I get a lot of like DMs on, on instagram and stuff like that from like older guys and like oh i'm gonna go back and play adult league because of you you know i'm 45 and i'm like all right let's go man so I'll, (laughs) i'll definitely be telling them you gotta get the you gotta hit the subscribe button get the arm care that's uh that's numero uno if you're an old guy